Welcome to the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise podcast with global sales trainer and professional speaker, Lois Kofi. Each week, it is her goal to share inspiration and education for you to be, do, have the best health and wealth and wisdom for your life. Well, all right, all right, all right, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Coach Lois here. Happy Friday. Super excited, guys. Uh, first and foremost, I um, want to say a quick thank you to all of you that showed up and showed out on Wednesday for my 100th episode extravaganza. And just uh, really can't thank you guys enough. That was uh, a memorable day. All of those episodes are going to be released over the course of the next week. And so I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on all of that great information. Just a reminder for those of you who uh, maybe didn't do this, if you want to receive all of the free gifts from all of my guests, because maybe you missed a few or maybe you just was like, oh, crap, I didn't write the information down. I'm going to send all of that out likely this weekend or by Monday. So you want to make sure that you register at this website, 100thepisodepromo.now.site um, by this weekend so that I can get that information to you. And I know we have a bunch of new people in the community. So I just want to remind you every Friday, I have a live guest and super excited, you know, always having health experts, wealth experts, people with um, amazing wisdom that can help you as salespeople and entrepreneurs be inspired to live your best life. And, and you, I don't believe that you can do that without what I call my holy trinity of those three stool legs of health, wealth, and wisdom. And today we have an extra special guest kicking off. I love Franco. You made me realize that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is going to be technically episode 101. Episode yep. 100 is probably going to end up being three subset episodes, but this is officially turning the corner, heading towards 200 now. And I'm excited. I I, I wore a special T-shirt today. This is my my wolf wolf T-shirt um, because uh, we are really truly spiritual beings having a physical experience in life, right? And yes. so my guest today, it's it's going to be um, a deeper, maybe different conversation that we normally have, even though he does have a big, huge background on nutrition. And that's actually originally, I think, how we even got connected. But then I found out he has this book called The Closet Spiritualist. And truth be told, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've read through some of it. And um, already Franco's like my new best friend. And and I'll just introduce you and, and just give him a little bit of an understanding. You are the co-founder and CEO of Nourish. Um, that's a superfood, natural-based product for the body, mind, and soul. Um, but now you're this best-selling author um, and you, you do so much more at a deeper level to help heal the sales community, the world. And so I'm going to turn it over to you, Franco, to tell more about your story and, and what this book is all about. Wow. Well, thank you for that introduction. I am absolutely honored to be guest number 101 in this new century of shows you're going to do. <laughs> um, really. And welcome, everybody. I am coming to you from balmy uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, or it would say Minnesota. And, uh, and uh, where it's balmy and uh, 25 here today. So anyway, uh, my story, wow, where do I begin? And I do want to be uh, sensitive and aware to the fact that people are 
going to be coming at this from different perspectives. So I'm going to expect you, Lois, to reel me in if I'm not, uh, if I'm going off the rails, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote the book uh, after about 45 years of trying to figure out my story. And it was a story that was very convoluted uh, because I really felt from a very early age that I just didn't seem to fit in with anything or anyone. And yeah, on the surface, I had a, a, what you would necessarily view as maybe a pretty good life. I, I was always laughing, smiling, had friends. I seemed to know where I was going most of the time. But inside of me, there was this huge, massive uh, tug of war that was going on. And honestly, I thought that was relatively normal because I look at the world and there's a lot of chaos going around. And so I'm thinking, well, this is just par for the course. But um, what happened in my situation is that I had a near-death experience when I was very young. And I didn't even know I had had it because that's how young I was. But what happened over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years was that I was having a number of different clairvoyant experiences, things that were literally on borderline bizarre. And I didn't understand that. I was getting visions. I was hearing voices. And well, you know, when you start hearing voices, you start thinking, okay, (laughs) I'm probably not well, okay? I'm just probably kind of losing it. But uh, fortunately, I, uh, I was able to uh, find some guidance in my experience. And the first place I found it was, was actually with my mother, who actually shared the story to me that I had had a near-death experience. Um, and in the process, I shared with her a story about how um, I had a vision where I had actually been there the night that I had died. And I had actually crossed over into what people would call the light. And um, it was the most profound experience I could, I I can't even put into really words just don't express the experience of what happens when you cross over. I, I, this was like early, late seventies, early eighties. So this wasn't like we, I could go online and check this out and figure out if anybody else had had these experiences. But I will just tell you that what I experienced when I went on the other side was nothing less than blissful. It was beautiful. It was unconditional love. It was limitless. It was everything you could imagine times a trillion. And, um, and it was through that experience that I started realizing that that experience made me feel more real than the experience that I was living in the physical world. So uh, the book actually chronicles a lot of what I'm talking about, this sort of revelation, this awakening to the fact that I actually might be living in a a world that I call a dream state. And what did that mean? Because I was so socially conditioned, like we all are. You mentioned it at the other night that you feel like you're brainwashed, right? We're so socially conditioned to believe certain ways, right from the beginning, religion, politics, excuse me, religion, politics, 
finance, culture, you name it. That by the time we reach our teenage years, we don't know ourselves anymore. We don't know who we were when we were born. And um, so the, the struggle that occurs in most of us, and I'm not just talking about really when I wrote the book, I wrote the book knowing that it would relate to so many people because so many people are going through their own, either what you call awakening, an awareness process. Some people call it the dark night of the soul. They're, they're going through this process where something is happening inside of them and it's a massive war going on. And before they even begin to come out, which is why the book's called The Closet Spiritualist, coming out to my spiritual identity, who I really am, there's a tremendous amount of suffering and pain that goes on with people. And so that half of it, half of the book is about that journey outwardly that I try to figure out things and then turning it around and going inward into the world of the unknown, as they would call it, going inside and figuring out who you really are. And for a lot of people, that may sound esoteric. For some people, it may sound abstract. But that's where all the answers lie. And that's the one place that we're socially conditioned not to go into. The mm -hmm. other half of the book is about all the visions and all of the, all of the dreams, visions, um, things that I, that I was shown by this clairvoyant voice because I, when I, what happens when people have a near-death experience and they cross over, a lot of times they come back with clairvoyant skills. Mm -hmm. I knew I had them, but I was like really scared to share them with anybody because again, I felt like people would probably think I was nuts. But when I finally came to a peaceful understanding of it, I became friends with this voice. It's this voice is in everyone. It's called the higher self and it's real. It's absolutely mm -hmm. real. And when I started to do that, it taught me things about quantum physics and, and uh, fractal geometry and epigenetics. I mean, these are terms that are used now today, but I didn't have those terms. They just showed me the way the universe really works, the way we live in a holographic reality, uh, mm -hmm. things that just blow people's minds. But I hope in the book, it comes together in a way that helps them to realize what they're really experiencing is an illusion. So with that said, that was my story. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack there. Um, I know. <laughs> so guys, we may go a little longer today. And if you see value in this, guys, please share this message because um, I feel like in 2020, you know, I shared with you my story a little bit and, and I, I had a huge awakening uh, back when I, I became homeless. I lost everything. I realized I had my identity tied up in my career and these titles and words like success and, and money and, and all the things that I, I was programmed at some point in time yeah. in my life to, to believe that I wanted or that I had to have to prove myself. Right. Right. Um, and so when I lost all that, it shed so much. I question everything. I question religion. I, I, I question, you know, you know, why do I get wrapped up in these titles? Uh, and you know, why, 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 why? And it, I felt so broken and so um, like open at that time. And it was, it was painful, like you said, and yet it led me on a whole new journey of discovery that was so wonderful and, 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 blissful. And I know in 2020, there may have been a lot of people who had some similar 
um, awakenings or discoveries and they started questioning things and they started having maybe a, a dark night of the soul experience. So I know obviously other than saying, hey, read, read my book. Um, right. <laughs> where did someone begin? Um, you know, because here you says I, I began what I refer to as the greatest odyssey of my life. Um, the most daring adventure into discovering my true authenticity and inner quest for truth, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How does someone begin that? Well, I think I just want to make one comment about what you just said about 2020. Um, the book was written in 2019 and it, um, it took almost a year for it to come out. Um, but in there, there is a chapter that, that uh, talks about the awakening. Okay. And, um, and the awakening is very, I'm going to kind of equate that to the dark night of the soul. Right. Um, and I'm actually going to change the wording around a little bit besides the fact that I feel like it's more of an awakening. It's more of sort of an emancipation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, people are, uh, good at expecting negative things to happen in their lives. Uh, our whole, society is based on fear and so we've become so good at expecting the worst things to happen even when we have what we believe is a positive mindset usually the negativity comes in in different areas mm -hmm. so one of the things that i want people to understand if they do understand what dark night of the soul is for those who don't i'll just tell you that it's usually a spiritual crisis it really comes down to that I mean, you might view it as a financial crisis or a, a love crisis or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's a spiritual crisis. It's where you wind up coming back to yourself and saying, who am I? Why am I? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when you said that you, you might, you guess some people probably went through something like this or are going through something like this since 2020, I will tell you that everything that I was shown uh, by this voice, this voice called Caleb, uh, was that humanity in general is going through a massive awakening. Mm. And people are not aware of it because they're so fixated on what's happening on the surface. So they're looking at all the tension and crises and chaos that's going on, on the surface. And what they don't realize is that it's a very thin, a very thin layer of their reality. It's sort of like the projector screen of their movie. And the real, real, real substance is happening inside of them. And they're creating the reality that they see out on their image, on their movie screen. So the only way that I was able to see um, or start, uh, see a starting point in all of this was when I had to to finally sit down and, and for myself, accept what I call the truths, the universal truths, okay? Um, everybody has their own personal truths. They will have their own journeys and their own quests and their own odysseys. But there are some universal truths that just go beyond all that. They're the foundation of everything. Mm -hmm. So for people to really start, they have to let their egos down 
And by the way, I'm a big fan of the ego. Actually, I, I, I defend the ego in my book quite a bit because, uh, as I explain in the book, the ego just happens to be the, the easiest thing to blame in terms of why things aren't the way they should be in my life. Uh, but I explain why the ego isn't. But that's for another time. But what people need to realize is drop the ego and for just a brief moment in their life, allow themselves to go back to a time when they were young, they were children, and they can imagine. And I talked to a lot of people that, that really find solace in meditation. And I do too. I love meditation. But what I really love about meditation is, is combining it with visualization. And what I love about that is combining that with the emotional piece. You had a guest on the other night that talked about how you have to feel what you are actually visualizing. Mm -hmm. Those aren't just words. I actually show in the book how feelings, feelings actually are the formula for which how you create your reality. I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, I show you scientifically how you do it in a very layman perspective. And these are the downloads that I would get from my visions. But one of the universal truths that people have to really, really allow themselves to believe, allow it even just for the moment, and this is going to be a big shocker for people, is they have to believe that they are God. Mm. We are told depending on what religion you were born into, that this thing called God is somewhere out there. That we can't access this thing until we die. Oh, we might be able to access it in various ways when we're alive, but ultimately the only real true pass into infinite spirituality and eternity is if we do certain things by the book. And we never really have an opportunity to question that without being looked at in a strange way. When I crossed over, I saw what was there. And it was, it was what I would call oneness. And oneness doesn't care what religion you were born into. It doesn't care your political persuasion. It doesn't care what you think philosophically about anything. You're one. You're one with this thing you call God, you call source, you call whatever. But you're still one here. You're still one here. You said we're spiritual beings living a human existence. We are spiritual beings, period. And mm -hmm. if people were to understand that, just for the moment, okay, people would just let their guards down and just imagine what would the world be like if indeed I was God, that I was God, you're God, I'm God, she's God, they God, that everything in this world is actually a reflection of me expressing myself as God. Oh, wow. That's pretty heavy, Franco. That, that made me old. That's good. No, just let it go. Just have just Sean waits like, yeah, this is definitely some thought provoking and belief stretching conversation. Just so it you guys is. know, I love it. Keep going, Franco. I know in some ways I'm putting myself out there right now as a professional, having such a, a maybe polarizing conversation. But you know what, guys? Like, I'm done with the the facade. This is this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Keep going. Well, here's the thing. 
um, and, and I'm glad that that person said that, okay? Because one of the things that I remember somebody said or in one of your shows previously is how does this all relate to, hey, I'm a business person. Tell me how this is going to make me a better salesperson, whatever. Well, here's the thing, okay? Before you're a salesperson, before you're this, before you're that, before you're a husband, before you're a father, before you're a, a son or a daughter, you are a human being, but more than that, you are a spiritual being, okay? And your whole life, whether you want to believe it or not, revolves around that one question. Mm -hmm. And the reason why so many people are dealing with this issue at so many different levels. If you want to look at just for the moment what's happening out there, okay? And if you don't think that what's happening out there as a business person isn't affecting you, I know as a business person with me, it's affecting everything about my business. And what is that all about? It's about the fact that most people have no idea who they are. Mm. And so they look out there. They look out there for answers. And what Caleb showed me and what happened when I crossed over and every channeling that I've done is that the quest, the odyssey, the truth. Look, I'll go even further than that. I'll go into Buddha, Krishna, Jesus Christ. They all said the same thing. Since I was raised a Catholic and I still, I, I'm not a Catholic anymore. I, I don't have a religious denomination or affiliation of any kind. I will tell you this because I, I'll use Christ as an example. And I hope, you, I hope you're, uh, for those who are not Christian, I, forgive me, but I, I could use other examples. This is the one I'm most comfortable with. Christ in the Bible says, ye are all gods. Ye are all gods. That the Father and I are one, okay? That I am in the Father and the Father is in me. There are other books that never made it into the Bible to talk more about what Christ talked about, that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. I'm not going to get all churchy here, okay? I'm not a churchgoer. These are just things that came to me through these, through these visions, through these epiphanies, through these channeling. This is the clairvoyancy that I have. And, this, and the message to people is you've got to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers. If you have issues such as codependency, okay, you're never, ever, ever going to find the answers out there. Never, never. Because everything, everything, whether it's religion, spirituality, whether it's mathematics, whether it's science, everything is pointing to one place and one place only. The answers to your truth whether it's you, Lois, me, everybody else, is inside. Ooh, inside? You mean where all those fears are? Where all those doubts and insecurities are? Where all that codependency and pain is? You want me to go in there? Mm -hmm. Where people have told me that if I go in there and I start listening to voices, well, those could be demonic. You want me to go there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because behind that pain is a light, and it's called the inner child light. Mm -hmm. you, some people call it the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the Kundalini. Some people call it the Samadhi. Whatever you want to call it, 
-hmm. It's you. It's your spiritual you. So the dark night of the soul, which people go, oh, man, what's happening in my life? Why is this happening? Who am I? What's going on? Why? Why? Why, God? Okay? It's not. The dark night of the soul only took me 45 years to figure this out. Okay? The dark night of the soul is the resurrection of the soul inside of you meeting up with the consciousness who you are together they're trying to break out they're not in pain there's no dark night for the soul the soul is in bliss the only thing that's dark is your mind because you're suffering through all of this chaos something inside of you is saying this isn't right two and two is equaling five but they're telling me i have to accept that and when you realize that the only answers are going to come from the inside out and when you do that, there's this thing called the holographic game. Now, this really blows people away, okay? We are living a reality that is in your mind. Mm. This is not real. You go, that's crazy, Franklin. You've been watching too many sci-fi flicks, <laughs> all right? I am telling you that we are five years away, five years. This is what I've been told. I've done a little researching as well. We are five years away from proving that all of this is a holographic game. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that have to do with the dark night of the soul? There is a, and I want your reader, I'm not your readers, your audience to just remember this one thing. There's a, a very simple experiment that was done. You can Google it online. This is very easy, simple quantum physics, okay? It's not going to blow your mind or anything. It's called the, the double slit experiment. Just look it up when you're done. The double slit experiment was done a hundred years ago. And basically what it proved was that at the subatomic level, when you stop looking at matter and you go down to the atom, you go down even further, the neutrons and the protons and all that good stuff, then when you go to the subatomic level, then when you look at those particles, they behave differently. They behave differently in the sense that they will turn into matter when you're observing them. They will turn into waves when you're not looking at them. So in the book, I make the point right away in the book that I say, wait a minute. If, if matter, if all of this was created by a God and only God can manipulate this world, why is it that at the subatomic level, which is what creates all matter, those protons and neutrons respond to whoever is observing it? So if you're observing it. The thing is to create, right? To create. And if you're the observer, then aren't you God? I mean, this is just, the, this is so mind boggling. And for some people, this will really be offensive. I can tell you that in my family, it was offensive, okay? <laughs> okay, there are some parts of my family that really feel I've lost it, and that's all right. I've gone through it all, and I've also had the luxury, and I don't, I don't recommend this to people, of having that near-death experience to know what is on the other side. And everything I experience on the other side matches up identically to everything that is being shown to me now. And so if people really want to change their world, 
if they want to be successful business people, successful this, successful in love, successful in all the emotional deficiencies that they feel they have, they have to at least become for a little while, drop their guards down, be children again. And remember, just for a brief moment, visualize, what if I am truly God? Then, then, then what? Well, guess what? If that's true, then the responsibility falls on you, not on anybody else, to change your reality. I think I remember reading somewhere that one of your viewers said, I can't, I, I don't know what to do about the unpredictability in this world. The unpredictability in this world is because you believe it's unpredictable. And when you believe it's unpredictable, the universe will respond to you mm -hmm. in unpredictable ways. And usually they're negative because you tend to have a negative attitude about life. Not that, not that you're a negative person, but that's just the way you've been ingrained to believe about life. So this gets back to that other, again, I want to go back to your show from the other night. The other person said, if you start thinking positively, if you actually start to believe and feel it, then things will start to change. Mm -hmm. Successes will come to you in ways that you can't even imagine. You can't even imagine. Now, here's the other piece of this, Lois, that I do talk about this, and it's really important. Everybody who's listening today, everybody, if they haven't had a dark night, okay, or the lightness of the inner child that is breaking out inside of them, if they haven't had it, they will. <laughs> they will. It's, it's inevitable, and here's why. Um, now, this is what I was shown. Humanity is going through a tremendously different period. It's a transition, okay? And everybody goes, yeah, look at what's going on out there. Not necessarily, okay? What's going on out there is, is, is basically the symptom of what's going on in us, okay? Mm -hmm. What's going on out there is basically an expulsion. We're detoxing our system. Mm -hmm. And people go, oh, yeah, Franco, you're, you're kind of nuts about that. No, I... Believe it or not, it doesn't really matter. It really, at, at this point in my life, it just doesn't really matter. I think most people are feeling, when people feel the truth, they feel the truth. They get it at some level. It doesn't mean that they're going to go out there and change their lives automatically overnight, but they will feel it. We are going through what's called an awakening period. And yes, there are references or there are similarities, a lot of similarities to a lot of cultures and a lot of civilizations, a lot of religious belief systems that believe that we're coming to a period in time where something is going to end. Now, I was not a believer in that, okay? But let me just, before anybody starts jumping off the ledge, okay, what is happening is not the way that we have been taught to believe it's going to happen, okay? What is happening is that we are going into a period where I write, I talk about this in the book 10 years ago, um, a fair number of people woke up and you and I were just having this conversation just before the show started. And you said, I had my first awakening in my early thirties. I said, how old are you? And then it turned out that you woke up in that first period of awakening. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I talk about it. This group woke up between the years 2009, 2012. That's not to say that some didn't wake up after that. Okay. But that was a massive awakening period. There's another awakening that's happening right now between the years 2019 and 2000, excuse me, 2009 and 2012, 2019 and 2022, okay? 
there are explanations for what that awakening is about, but it's a massive shift in consciousness. I'll just leave it at that. A massive shift in consciousness. Well, can I say something? Because the, the cool thing is, is, um, and I, I don't know if I'm, again, this is the, the mind talking right now yeah. is when you said the years, it's like almost perfectly aligned with 2009. That was right in the recession, right? The great recession. And now we're in another one. Um, yes. essentially, and I'm going through another <laughs> yes. dark, dark night of the soul, next level, I guess, awakening. Yes. I, guess I needed another one, Franco, maybe you can explain that, but, um, I think yeah. there's a, any, uh, and I know we're going into period nine in a Chinese metaphysical space. We're going into like the Aquarian age or something. I mean, there's, there's a lot of signs as to why this is happening now. Don't you? Think? Yeah, absolutely. And again, for people who are not into all that stuff, it's, it's not necessary that you have to be in that stuff. Okay. I'm not in it either. I don't know about the sign of the Aquarius and all that, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of think of that as something that happened in the 60s with, you know, the flower with people and stuff. But, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of truth in that. Okay. There, when I told you in the beginning that everything, I did a, a massive deep dive into every type of discipline you could imagine. Because when I thought I was going insane, I needed something to reassure me in this physical reality that I wasn't. And yeah. so I went into every type of every type of philosophy, every type of, of approach you can imagine, every, every discipline, everything to figure out what was going on. And everything was pointing back to this. It was, point, it was pointing back to this. I mean, and a lot, the most popular thing that most people remember is that the, the Mayan calendar, okay? Mm -hmm. that, you know, they were showing that the end of time was coming. But what they didn't realize is that when we were going through a spiritual evolution, a shift in consciousness, and people go, yeah, 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 whatever. Trust me when I tell you that what is happening today out there is a direct result of the people who woke up in the years 2009 to 2012. Their shift in consciousness to a higher vibration where they realized who they were, spiritual loving beings, compassionate God beings, here to experience themselves in different ways, when they started to realize that, even if they didn't realize it at that level, they shifted reality. And I talk about the shifting of reality from a quantum physics perspective, but I trust me, I made it very, I dumbed it down so people could understand it in the book. There is actually hardcore science that, sh that shows that there is shifting going on. That every second that we're talking, we're shifting over a billion realities at one time. It, billion realities that don't even have any correlation to the other. And that's where you get miracles. So again, for another, for another day, another discussion, but 2019 to 2022, a massive awakening. Mm -hmm. From the years 2029 to the year, to, well, actually 2029 to 2032, there's going to be a tremendous awakening. And from there, there's going to be a generational shift where humanity will start going into what some call the golden age, some call heaven on earth, some call whatever. Um, we are approaching the end of this, what I call in the book, the game. And the reason why people have, like you, Lois, and like me, why we have these awakenings and then we go back into our ruts and we have another awakening, we have to back into ruts is because as I describe in the book, we're living in a dream state. When I was a child, I used to have lucid dreams. And my lucid dreams were such that I used to wake up from my dream. I could tell myself I was in the dream. 
And as a child, I would actually take a sort of an out of body look at myself and go, you're having a bad dream, get out. And then I would go and wake up and I would find that I was still in the same dream. And I would go and wake up again. I would tell myself I was in a dream. I would tell myself I was in a dream. In a sense, those lucid dreams, as I talk about in my book, were reminders to me of what my life was going to be like in this reality, that I was going to constantly be waking myself up because I would think I was awake and then I would fall back into my old behaviors and habits. I would, you know, I'd start getting all consumed by what was happening out there in the world. Oh, whoa, whoa, why is me? I'm the victim in my world. And then I would wake up and then I would fall asleep and I would wake up and fall asleep. But eventually you will wake up. Eventually we're all meant to wake up. And when we do, things are going to get really interesting really fast. So that's why for most people, even if they want to discard what we're talking about here, as I think I told you once, Lois, um, when that call comes, it's called a calling. When that call comes, it's going to keep ringing and it's going to keep ringing and it's going to keep ringing. And you could keep denying it like I did for 40 some years. And by the way, for most people, this is why I wrote the book. I don't want you to have to go 40 some years to do it. You can, you can kind of bypass a lot of the things that I went through, but you're going to have to pick up that phone. It's not going to let you walk away from it. In the past, we could walk away from it. Not anymore. The people who are getting the callings now and the awakenings now are here to do a specific thing for humanity. And the ones that are going to get it in 10 years from now, well, they also are too. There's no bad ending to this story. There's no bad ending. The only bad ending is the one that you're currently living in if, you re, you know, if you're constantly repeating your past every single day of your life. So I hope that makes sense for some people. Um, I hope it makes sense for you. Uh, it, this, is, this is what changed my life. This is what changed me from being massively depressed, massively drawn in, massively feeling like I was worthless, like I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed at times. I couldn't. I, I didn't believe in myself. I, I, I wasn't worthy. And a lot of people don't understand that that's because there's a voice inside of you, the calling that is trying to wake you, wake you up right now. You do that and trust me, it'll be a little bit painful. I'm not going to lie to you because you're going to be so doubtful. But if you can just get, if, like I said in the book, if you can get out of your way, if you could just get out of your own way, massive changes will happen. Whatever those are that you desire, massive changes will happen. Well, you bring up something that's near and dear to my heart, and, and, and this will be the last thing, and we'll, we'll start wrapping it up, because I, I'm attracted to serving and healing the sales community. Yes. I, I've had a lot of pain, and, and here it talks about my emotional addiction to the negative aspects of my life. And for me, every time I wanted to hear that calling or that voice, that inner child, I'd freak out. Yeah. Right. And so I, I struggled with depression. I six years ago, I really went all in on what I call my emotional running distractions, which on the surface as a business owner looked awesome. Right. Because I became super Lois, like workaholic, you know, people pleasing, codependent, bend over backwards. You know, thank yeah. you. Sir, may I have another and be, be trying <laughs> to be everything to all people didn't realize what I was running from, you know, yes, that, yes. That, vo that voice got into binge drinking to numb, numb the voice to quiet it. Right. Yeah. 
And there's so many people out there, whether it's um, antidepressants, uh, painkillers, um, any way that we can look outside of ourselves, even religion, um, look outside of ourselves to numb the pain and make us feel better and, and quiet that voice, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I, I always tell people, because you said I was in business of nutrition, and I always tell people, and, and this is nourishment of the highest kind. Um, I always tell people that um, the biggest addiction out there, the biggest, biggest addiction out there, um, I used to think was, well, all the vices that are out there, but I also used to think sugar and things like that. The biggest addiction we have is fear. Mm. It is the biggest addiction. We are so yes. obsessed and, and addicted to it. And even though we'll say, we're not, I don't want that, we are. We can't live without it because we've been taught from a very young age to live with it. Mm -hmm. And so we will look for everything and anything that will give us any kind of a relief out there because it's so much easier to look out there, out there, out there, out there, whether it's a person or a thing. Like right now, the biggest thing, I just noticed this today. Oops. We lost you. Am I there? There you are. <laughs> Someone was yeah. trying to at you, Franco. We lost Sorry. you. <laughs> um, so I just real. I, I looked at today and, and somebody was just telling me that gaming is like really huge. Okay. People lose themselves in things like that. The hardest thing, as you know, from the title of my book, the subtitle of my book is the hardest thing you will ever do. The hardest thing you will be asked to do mm. is to wake up to your truth. You will have to do that. There is no mistaking it. But when you do, I promise you, what lies behind that is absolutely amazing. So, awesome. yes. Well, I know. Thanks, Lee. Lee's here. Um, and I uh, just appreciate all of my friends out there because there's there's some of you that are like listening to me today going like, what happened to Lois? Like, um, <laughs> you know, this is definitely, uh, and I always say we don't talk religion and politics. Today we talked about them from the standpoint of what they might be doing to hold you back from yes, your yes. truth. And I'm saying that with love. I'm saying that with, you know, having gone through it and, and maybe even being the black sheep in my, my family. And I'm not even just talking about blood. I'm talking about communities, right? We all have perceptions of each other and the way we should be and the way we should show up. And, and we allow those perceptions to, I think, don't you agree, Franco? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all so, so much. And I want to, I'm just so grateful that the universe brought you to my life last year. You know, it was a painful year for me and, you know, um, I don't want to scare people because it's by going within that I realized that I couldn't be invulnerable anymore to that. I had to answer the phone, <laughs> as you say, which is funny because I, I love, you know, I love making phone calls. It's what I do. <laughs> right. I help people overcome call reluctance. So here you go, guys. This is the, the, the final um, bringing it all back to helping you overcoming phone call reluctance, you know, answer, answer, answer that phone. Right. And, and obviously it's not easy. That's why I want you guys to, to tap into reach out to this man. Okay. He, he, he has a free gift for you. And then we're going to close it out with my signature closing question. Um, but how do they reach you? Obviously, what are they going to get if they email you 
today, and I think I misspelled it. So let me spell that again. Go ahead. Talk. talk well, to uh, basically what I'm offering people today and really at any point is if you go and send uh, me a, a request through the info at theclossetspiritualist.com, I'll be happy to first and foremost answer any questions you, you might have that I didn't cover or that I didn't cover enough. Um, but I would also share with you the very the first chapter of the book, which includes the introduction, the forward, things of that nature. So you can just get a flavor for the book. So if you're not sure this is for you, and trust me, I wouldn't be surprised, but I know that if it's calling you, you should at least give it some consideration. Um, you could at least sample it with the first chapter and, um, and ask questions if you read it and see if the book's for you and, uh, and then go from there. Our, my book's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, basically all the bookstores. So Did you can I spell just it right? Double check. I'm an, I'm an editor, so I just want to make sure. That looks I'm good to me. <laughs> that looks fine with me. So the closet right. spiritualist. Awesome. And, and of course, I always want to ask this closing question and, uh, you know, we'll definitely have to have you back because guys, this is the real, this, the stuff, you know, you can, you can talk about, you know, proper nutrition and working out, right? Which even for me was a distraction for, for a few years, right? And you can talk about how to make phone calls and all of the things. However, to really get to your highest and best version of yourself in my, in my world and what I've experienced in my 43 years on this planet, this go round is, is this, this stuff. This is, this is the real deal. So I want to thank you so much for being here today, Franco. Thank you. And I always close the show with the same question. So even though I know we're going over time and, and we've had a great audience here, um, I'm sure they're all dying to know, what do you think of, what does it mean to you to be healthy and wealthy and wise? Uh-oh, you got another 30 minutes? <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> cut me off, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Cut me off. Uh, when I think of healthy, wealthy, and wise, I think of just what was sort of shown to me at the beginning of all this. If you really want health, if you really desire wealth, if you really desire to be wise, the only way you're going to do that is to find your bliss. Mm -hmm. And if you find your bliss, I promise you, you're not going to find it out there first. You have to find it within you. But if you find it, the health and wealth and wisdom that you will have will be unlike anything you could have ever dreamed for. End of story. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, on that note, guys, remember um, to come back every Friday. Uh, we'll be continuing to have amazing um, awakening type conversations. <laughs> with we have Lindsay Heiserman next week. She is uh, another health coach and um, wisdom expert in that realm. Um, like I said, at all of the things uh, holistically are important. Um, today's message just has a, a much even deeper fundamental um, support to helping you live your best life. And so please subscribe here, healthywealthyandwise.com. We'll have this recording up in iTunes next week. And if you want it emailed to you, um, you can sign up at healthyandwealthyandwise.com. So until next time, guys, um, please hit the share button if you found value in today inside of your Facebook community. And on that note, someone probably needs to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to let you guys go. Have a great, great weekend. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. 
Reach out to me at lois at loiskofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs>